You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. It is time now for Dr. History, brought to you by Minicasha Sales. My goodness, they've got all your lumber for your spring remodeling. It's time to think about that. And uh, all the products that you need for new roofing, they've got all your windows. You can upgrade your windows with the Western windows. What are you waiting for? Call or stop in at 878-2091-1321 East Main Street in Burley. Minicasha Sales now brings you my buddy dr history good, good morning good morning zeb how you doing oh we talked about that during the break <laughs> I, I think i know how you're doing i'm frustrated <laughs> what's going on we're gonna go to the gold rush of california okay today 1849 right in there yes yes and uh we're gonna talk about an aspect of the gold rush that a lot of people don't think much about Okay. Uh, let's see. Would it be the ladies? No, uh, well, partially. Partially. You're really evasive when I say that. <laughs> I get nervous when you start. Anyway, okay, here we go. Uh, the ship captains were alarmed by the mass desertions from their ships as the sailors went into San Francisco Bay because uh, one after another, these guys would abandon ship and head out to hunt for gold. And you can't blame them. No, no. I mean, here was the big uh, gold rush. So anyway, uh, ship captains in the 1850s first signed sailors into legal servitude aboard, but uh, these contracts were ignored. They just jumped ship. So the evil practice of crimping, and I'm going to explain that, which you probably know what that is, but literally kidnapped an able-bodied man by force onto a ship was put into effect. So a series of ugly incidents led to the use of the term Shanghai. Right. And that's what we're going right. to call it, Shanghai. Right. So, and this kind of replaced the term crimping. I like that word better anyway. But it was a black and dangerous period for the shipping industry at sea uh, uh, on the Pacific coast for more than half a century. And it involved inhumane and despicable measures, including the forced use of opium, whippings, torture, and even executions Ooh. aboard some notorious ships. Ships. Wow. I mean, life aboard ship was not very, very romantic. So. No, no, no. But San Francisco was ashamed and frightened during its notorious Shanghai days. But the practice of seizing a man and placing him on a vessel for involuntary servitude for a year or more had come from the practice used in England since the 17th century. That's what they did, you know, back uh, the part of the deal with the War of 1812. Really? The king wanted uh, this uh, forced servitude. But uh, it was called the king's privilege. Any man could be seized on the street or in a tavern or upon a wharf, placed in bondage at sea for a year or more with or without pay by order of His Majesty the King of England. You could be drinking a beer in a pub sometime, and then the next moment you wake up kind of groggy on the floor of a ship. That's right, yeah. So it was a move to sustain the power of the British uh, merchant marine, but in San Francisco, murderers and hoodlums were prowling the dark streets, which led into the dangerous Embarcadero District. You know, now I want 
to stop you right there. I've got quite a few books. I wished I had known you were going to talk about this this morning because there's one book in particular that talks all about that district in San Francisco and being Shanghai'd, and it's kind of a first-person account of what happened. Yeah, the Embarcadero. Yeah, very, very dangerous. Yeah, this is where the wharves were, the piers, and where sailor hangouts were becoming. You didn't go by yourself. No, and if you did, we'll talk about that. (laughs) But it was dangerous. I mean, along those streets, uh, an able-bodied seaman uh, dared not walk alone, as you just mentioned, even in daylight, yeah. uh, unless he was willing to risk kidnapping and a life of hell aboard a strange ship ruled by cruel captains. But uh, because most outbound ships from San Francisco stopped at Chinese ports to take on cheap cargo, later sold in the United States at a um, uh, tremendous profit, the sailors forced into labor on such ships were referred to as Shanghai victims. Yeah. So cargo from Shanghai was the most profitable all of all, and that's where the tall-masted schooners would make port after a long voyage across the Pacific. But the impression of American seamen was also going on in eastern seaports, along the eastern seaboard. Right, right. So it was going on really probably all over the world. Did they ever, and this is a dumb question, and I don't mean to get ahead of you, but when did they ever decide to let them go and be free again? Well, that varied, and, and you'll see as we go along here that... It, it could go for a short time or a long time. Wow. Just depended. But wow. uh, like I say, it was kind of a disgraceful thing, uh, but really nothing was as bad as what's happening in San Francisco. Right. Uh, do you want to take a break right here, Zebra? Yeah, good this idea. A, okay. uh, well, I want to remind everybody about Zach and the whole crew over at Minicasha Sales. They have ridden the horse with us on this program for a long, long time. God bless them. We appreciate them. And you will appreciate them, too, with all the lumber, all the shingles, all the car- Carpet, everything over at Minicasha Sales, including the Tartar Farm and Ranch Gates and Panels, the very best. They've got it all. You stop in and see Zach and the crew at 1321 East Main Street in Burley, right across from the airport. Open 8 to 430 Monday through Friday. The number to call, 878-2091, Minicasha Sales. And now, back to the Shanghai King. Here Here he is, Dr. History. Now, among the worst of criminal types calling themselves professional crimps was a man named Johnny Devine, Uh better known by his nickname of Shanghai Chicken. Now, that puts fear into your heart, He's in that book. Okay. Shanghai Chicken. And it sounded funny when I first read that, but uh uh-uh. Bad dude. Bad dude. Now, Johnny, now here's, uh, and you probably have read this, but Johnny had been Shanghai'd out of New York City at the age of 20. Yeah. And this was an event which ruined his career, subjected him to such serious abuse aboard ship that it turned his mind. And when he disembarked at San Francisco, he made a vow to dedicate himself to Shanghaiing every person he could kidnap for profit. Uh, but especially to wreak vengeance on the cruel captain and the runners who made him suffer a year at sea. Yeah. So that answers one question. He a was year. A year at sea. Boy, I mean, when you get out of port and you wake up and you find yourself on a sailing vessel headed for China or wherever, you're not just going to say, hey, turn around and let me right. off. exactly. So the runners of San Francisco were specialized crimps or Shanghai experts who would rush aboard a ship the moment it docked in San Francisco and offered high 
wages to sailors if they would board another vessel. Usually, it was a leaking ship with poor accommodations and a captain and owners only interested in the highest margin of profit the vessel could earn. So, you know, these were known as hell ships, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Okay. But when sailors refused to work these vessels, the runners or crimps would take them by force. They'd just take them. I had a hell ship one time. I forgot to put the plug in, and I sunk it in Murtaugh Lake. (laughs) Well, uh, probably wasn't too deep to rescue, though. (laughs) Anyway, so Shanghai Chicken or Johnny appeared in San Francisco in 1861, and after a short career at pickpocketing, he landed in jail, which didn't suit him at all. When When released, he allied himself with another Shanghai artist, and they went to work. Now, the first of our victims was a young boy of 18 who was cornered at Long Wharf, the busiest pier on the Embarcadero. The boy had made the mistake of wandering into that district, and Shanghai Chicken and his partner knocked him out with a couple of blows. Now, Johnny Devine was excellent with his fists, so he was a fighter of sorts. So uh, he could pretty well take anybody. Well, they put him in a longboat and rowed him to a waiting ship anchored in the middle of the bay. The captain took a quick look at the unconscious boy and felt his arms and legs to make sure there were no broken bones. And he said, the lad will do, he grunted as he chomped on a black cigar. What would they do if they had a broken leg or a broken arm? Jump, Dump him in the ocean? Yeah, we're going to get to that. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't want anybody that couldn't work. So he peeled off $50 and paid Shanghai Chicken, and he said, get me a few more like him. And But mind you now, he says, no one with broken bones. Those I have to dump at sea, and I can't take a man you've crippled. Oh, my goodness. And then he suggests, he says, why don't you dope your victims instead of slugging them? And they started that. That's exactly right. So the remark set Shanghai Chicken to thinking, and he allied himself with another crimp known as Shanghai Kelly. Aha. Uh-huh. All right. He's in that book also. Okay. And he's perhaps probably the most infamous of all the Shanghai artists he in was, San Francisco. He was really the worst dude of all. Yeah. yeah. He, both of them made quite a pair. Yeah. But anyway, in 1868, after acquiring a heavy fortune from years of successful crimping, Johnny Devine, or Shanghai Chicken, had a falling out with Shanghai Kelly. And it happened over two accounts, the first being when a young sailor surprised the Shanghai chicken by being as good with his fists as his assailant. Uh And for the first time, Johnny Devine found he was on the ground defending himself. Mm -hmm. Well, a quick shot with his tiny Derringer pistol took all the fight out of this uh, Shanghai victim. But the man had been struck in an artery and quickly bled to death. Oh, boy. So... Sad ending there. but So anyway, Johnny Devine bundled him into a burlap sack, rode him to a waiting ship where he told the boatswain's boatswain's mate that the victim was only knocked out. Uh Uh-huh. He was dead, remember. Oh, this guy's dead? Uh, He's dead. That's kind of paying for cargo that ain't going to work. Yeah. And so Shanghai Chicken collected for a dead man, which violated a cardinal rule among crimpers. You don't mess with the chicken. To deliver a dead man was to make you an outcast among other body runners. And they had a mark on him. You know, I guess there's some honor amongst thieves, Chickens. so to speak. Yeah. Chicken, Shanghai. Yeah. yeah. Well, the next incident occurred the following day when Shanghai Chicken felt so invincible and able to get away with anything that he attacked a group of sailors. Now, these guys were drinking beer in a place called the Billy Lewis Saloon on the Embarcadero. Uh-oh. 
Now, a ship's captain had offered a special bounty of $75 per man, and Johnny Devine, he was a little greedy, okay? A little. He had hired thugs to help him, but their intended victims were strong, brawny, and the battle moved into the streets where one of the sailors was able to reach inside his shirt for a hidden knife, and he brought the curved blade down, catching Johnny Devine's left wrist, severed the hand, and it lay twitching and bleeding on the wharf. The hand. The hand. Yeah. Well, you sure are making it interesting before lunch. <laughs> well, Shanghai Chicken now was, uh, I think they'd call him Lefty now at this yeah. point or something. <laughs> okay. But anyway, screaming pain, Shanghai Chicken felt all the fight go out of him, and he grabbed the severed appendage, rushed toward the nearest hospital where... And, and got super glue. Further amputation was required. Further amputation? Yeah, they must have had to go up above where he had it whacked off. I see. So okay. Shanghai Kelly now was in kind of a he was kind of upset over this whole thing with his partner. Yeah. So he deliberately ordered Johnny Devine Shanghai as punishment. And several several years oh, later no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Shanghai Kelly turned on Shanghai Chicken and sent I, Chicken to the ship. Yes. And I gotta say that very articulately. <laughs> you do. Well, several years later, Johnny Devine, broken from punishment at sea, wanted vengeance. But before he could knife Shanghai Kelly, he shot a man in a drunken brawl and went to the gallows. Uh-oh. Okay. This is Shanghai Chicken. This is Shanghai Chicken. Okay, so he's dead. He's, yeah. So Shanghai Kelly was the crimping king now. He had no competition. Uh, well, he did have a guy named Calico Jim who was an He's ex- in the book, too. Yeah. Uh, he was a bar he? owner. Okay. Yeah, Calico Jim, I remember yeah. him. Yeah. And he was an expert in the use of laudanum, which is a painkiller, yeah. and chloral hydrate, the basic ingredients for a knockout yep. drug yep. drops. Yep. Yep. So Calico Jim was a man who made a fortune in white slavery. Uh, when Shanghai Kelly began to threaten this uh, upstart, uh, Calico Jim built a sailor's house, a retreat and resting place, so to speak. Oh, you make it sound for so For sailors nice. between ships. I see. He, Articulate now, articulate. I'm being very careful. And he advertised he was running the city's most honest boarding house. Uh huh. Boarding house. Yeah, boarding house. So serving. Who all lived there, doctor? I'm sure the cooks. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just keep on going here. (laughs) So he served them these lavish dinners, and there was always a waiting list among the sailors anxious to get into Calico Jim's place. Well, yes. And although ugly rumors were about that uh, he was known to Shanghai young men. Yes, yes, yes. there was the enticement. So Calico Jim liked to register his victims at the desk, and he looked a man over carefully, uh, marking him for a Shanghai caper. If the victim was strong, muscly, you know, kind of like you and I. And if he had no family residing in San Francisco... And he tru- if he truly looked like he was a lonely stranger. Yeah. That was... No family. Yeah. yeah. So after a few nights at Calico Gyms, uh, he would get the, sl- uh, the knockout pills or drops into the man's drink. Yeah. And thus another boarder would find himself at sea. Whoa. Now, one night in 1899, Calico Jim was able to render 30 men unconscious. 30? 30. And a in while- one night? Yeah. And a wild party was held in his rooming house, and the next morning the men awoke oh, really? Who was to there? find just people eating and having a great time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they awoke to find themselves on a ship called the Washington, which was one of these dreaded hell ships, yeah. one of the worst. Yeah. 
Well, Calico Jim also supplied a crew for the General Gordon, a, a vessel which was notorious for sailor beatings. Any man who hesitated in obeying an order was seized and beaten. Others were whipped cruelly with a lead-tipped leather thong whip. That takes the skin yeah. and the hide yeah. right off. I mean, some were... St- was that called the Cat of Nine Tails? I think I, it is. I think it could be, yeah. 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 Now, some were strung up by their thumbs for days. Yeah. Uh, now, pay... Which Made you, it awful hard to use that typewriter. It would have been, but pay was usually negligible or not at all. Yeah. Uh, captured sailors were faced with torture if they didn't sign contracts saying that they would accept passage in lieu of pay. Yeah. So they had to sign this saying... They did it as kind of a deal where you're hung up by your thumbs and enjoying it. Yeah, and, and I'm just going to sign whatever I have to to get off this ship. Yeah. But it was easy to kill a troublesome sailor and dump him overboard to the sharks if he failed to take orders. And like I say, cruelty aboard these ships was beyond imagination. One of the worst ships, the first mate had the job of beating at least one man for each day of the voyage until there was fresh blood on the deck. Why? Every day. Why? I mean, if they were doing their work, why beat them? Well, this was the captain's way of maintaining discipline. That was, uh-huh. That's what he thought. So yeah. anyway, another hell ship was called the Sunrise. Now, when the Sunrise docked at San Francisco in 1873, newsmen learned that three sailors had committed suicide, 14 had been so badly beaten as to be permanently crippled and scarred, and one was whipped in the face until he was permanently blinded. This was horrible. So anyway, Shanghai went on uh, to be pretty profitable, and... Now we get into some interesting parts. Oh, it hasn't been before? Uh, there's a madam who saw the money side of this venture. Oh, really? A madam? Became involved. And I her see. name was Mrs. Piggott. Mrs. Piggott. Miss, Mrs. Piggott. Uh-huh. Her favorite technique. And what did she do? She, well, we're going to get into her occupation right here. <laughs> her favorite technique was to serve a man a mug of beer. Uh-huh. And if he looked able-bodied, she would suddenly tap his forehead with a lead-weighted club uh-huh. she kept under the counter. I see. Minutes later, he would be aboard a hell ship. Now, why would he accept the fact that she's going to take a weighted club and bop him one in the forehead? Why did he just sit there and let it happen? Well, I, I, I'm suspecting after a beer or two, he wasn't really cognizant of the oh, uh, atmosphere. Yeah, I see. Okay. I see. So other customer. Now, this is interesting. Other customers in the bar, seeing what happened, usually made no effort to help this guy that had just been knocked out. Kind of like two magpies sitting on a fence. You shoot one, and the other yeah, one goes, well, I don't yeah. know what happened. And Mrs. Piggott, uh, she was vicious, and she vowed to Shanghai any man who told on her. Didn't the word get around that maybe you don't get to see Mrs. Piggott? You know, you would think. Yeah. You, you would think. But anyway, she had a competitor by the name of Mother Bronson. I'm not going anywhere on that. <laughs> who some men found hard to accept as a woman because Mother Bronson had a height of over six feet, walked like a man, had a man's build and strength, and was feminine only to the point of wearing a dress. Ah, uh, boy, they had cross-dressers <laughs> okay. way back then. Mother Bronson wore size 12 shoes. Oh, really? Now, this is an interesting... Petite little babe. Now, this is an interesting part of the shoes. The tips were leaded, and to acquire a victim, she would lure him to her bar, where he was served cheap booze, spiked with knockout drops. If he wasn't unconscious in 10 minutes, the potency of the drink was doubled and offered to him free. As soon as the man fell in a coma, Mother Bronson would leave her counter, come around the bar, and give the victim a quick kick in the head with her steel-toed boot. 
Her victim would be out of action for at least 24 hours. At times, her dosage of knockout drops and her well-aimed kicks killed the victim. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to go back just for a second. I know we're running short on time, but you said that mother would lure the victims. What kind of a dummy is going to be lured by some old girl that's <laughs> over six feet tall wearing a size 12 shoe? Hey, you know, I don't know. Maybe they didn't wear glasses back then. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so these guys a lot of time would have a skull fracture and wind up on the ship so with a terrible headache plus a skull fracture. So You know, I'm beginning to think these guys weren't real smart. No. Okay, well, I've got to finish this up here. But yeah. Calico Jim had a deserved ending when he made the mistake of Shanghai six policemen. Uh-huh. Calico Jim cornered the policemen, stripped them of their uniforms, knocking them senseless, forcing knockout drops down the throats to keep them quiet. The officers were then put aboard a nameless vessel, which immediately set out on a six-month voyage. When the policemen returned to San Francisco, they found themselves without jobs. Their wives and families had left them. The Shanghai victims placed a relentless hearse, uh, hunt for Calico Jim, who hastily left. He was traced to Chile. There, one of the policemen cornered him, shot him in the stomach. Yep, I remember Six that. times, yeah. uh, once for each guy. Yeah. But Shanghai Kelly, Kelly was the only wealthy crimper, crimper who managed to enjoy some of his ill-gotten gains. But by 1890, most sellers, sailors who hung around the San Francisco docks knew that in order to be uh, avoid being Shanghai, they had to stay away from those places we've discussed. But uh, Only go to the zoo. Yeah. You know, customers would be rolled as soon as the knockout drops took effect. And uh, look out for some ugly old girl that's six feet tall with size 12 shoes. Even a good-looking girl. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's pretty much it. Actually, you asked about how long it went. Yeah. By 1906, Congress passed an act prohibiting Shanghai in the United States. It took them that long. Yeah. But since the enactment of the law, there's been little recurrence of shanghai at any United States port. But uh, I get the impression it's happening in other parts of the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's the that story. That was really something. Now, I'm going to try to find that book yeah. for you. I think you'd find it very interesting. That would be great. Yeah, that was a good story this morning. Yeah, Shanghai chicken. So Shanghai what you're chicken. saying is look out for big, tall girls with size 12 feet. <laughs> with steel-toed boots. Okay. <laughs>